in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Topic Thunder. Here from the Top Ten, I'm John Roca. And I am Matt Nose. This is a show that consists of our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the top ten with the number ten. Send in uh, questions, topics, whatever they'd like us to talk about to a very specific email address, and we read them on the show. We don't have the slightest clue what they are before we get them, so it's a surprise to us each and every time. But this week, we open... With a homework assignment. Yes. The first and only time this will happen from Mr. Luke Allison. I can't remember who read this one mm-hmm. last time. Well, let me, but let, let me stop you right here, Matt. You're, you're, you're back to sounding like that again. I don't know what happened in the transition, but you're back to sounding like that again. So um, should I pull out or should you pull out in here? And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are listening, we've had some uh, sound issues a little bit. Uh, Matt said he had he updated some of his drivers, and it's been affecting a little bit of the audio here. So if how about sound? Now? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's good. I don't know what you're doing, but that's good. <laughs> I went into the the cam mic, yeah. little uh, clicked on that, and then yeah. there's the drop down menu for the audio. Yeah, and the same interface that I use, yes, is listed below it, but one is titled one way and the other's titled the other way but it literally parenthetically yeah uses the same device name the same everything everything else is the exact same for whatever reason uh, in the system calling it something else on StreamYard in their system i don't know it's been a it's been like that for 48 hours now you gotta love you gotta love technology man it's supposed to make it easier and somehow it made it more difficult um all right uh so what's the homework again say it again it was from uh, Luke Allison. So he sent this last week. Yeah. Uh, uh, we get these questions all the time. She's like, man, I, I wish we had a couple minutes to think about this before we you know, yeah. answered. Yeah. And some are occasionally we get ones where like, wow, I'd like a, a, a couple of days to think about this. Yes. Because it's such a meaty topic. Uh, and this one was a, a good one because it's fun, which is a great actor or actress, like a comedic performance uh, by those aren't, Aren't the small tiny roles? So who right. captures a movie in a small little part for you? Right. Just you think of that when you think of that movie, amongst other things. Right. But it's right, just like right. basically tiny little roles that steal the show. Um. Uh, so what do you got? Uh, I, I mean, I would start with number one would probably be Edie McClurg in Planes, Trans, and Automobiles. Right. I mean, okay. yeah, she's got a bigger role in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but. When she has that scene with Steve Martin, and Steve Martin is just like, F this and F that and F in a fucking car, a fucking four of us in a wheel. But her face, as it's going, as she's like, because she's having that fun little conversation, then she snorts, which I think is brilliant, uh, and then has that back and forth with him, and then she drops that hammer. Oh, you're fucked. You know, it's just so perfect. And whenever I think of that movie, I think of her... Uh, almost immediately after I think of uh, of uh, Martin and uh, and John Candy in the movie because and Kevin Bacon of course he's got that that quick little part but it's just such the perfect 
part in the whole movie. You know, the, there's the dude who shows the watches. Oh, he shows the watches too. There's the sure. he sells the rings in the in the train station or whatever. Um, but it, or the taxi driver, or even Dylan Baker in that scene with his wife. That's funny stuff. But what Edie McClurg does with her face as she is grasping the ferocity of anger coming at her from this man, and she is completely like just sure. shocked, and then drops the hammer is brilliant. So that's my one of my answers. Um, do you just want to trade off one and one, or do you want yeah, to? Yeah, sure, sure. What do you got? What else is? Um, so I've got somewhere like I think the part might be too large. Okay, like a Phil Hoffman and Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, yeah, Phillips. That's kind of yeah, yeah. Sure, it's sure. it's like skirting that line. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't think it's in the the context of all right. So uh, Stephen Root in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh yeah, great. Is the blind guy just? Yeah. He runs a recording store uh, studio, but his that's some mighty fine singing and dancing is one of the first memories I have of that movie. Every time I think of it. Yeah. Like there are other aspects of it, but me envisioning him where one eye is kind of closed and the other looks all wild off and he's rocking back and forth. And he's just so happy with what he hears from the soggy bottom boys coming over. And that it's just like he's in and out in a quick amount of time and indelibly is part of that movie to me. Uh, you could do that with a lot of Steven Root, though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, what do you got? I I love him in that uh, in that film too because he's just, you're right. He's got that little moment, uh, and then he has that. But he's like so out there, you know, when he's doing the things that he's yeah. doing. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that. Um, for sure. Uh, all right. So w- w- what else is have you? What else have you got? Why don't you go next again, and then swing back to me? What do you? Got? Oh, so what? It's snake draft. All right. Yeah, snake draft this thing. Snake draft. Uh, not a problem. Um, Diedrich Bader in Office Space. Oh yeah, but I, it it's smaller than Hoffman's. Okay, and you can also say uh, John Turturro's part in Big Lebowski too. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a great small part. But yeah. the Diedrich Bader, Jesus. yeah, you don't fuck with the Jesus man. <laughs> but they ended up giving that its own spinoff movie, right. which I couldn't bring myself to watch. Uh, yeah, I haven't done that either. No, I yeah, I don't want to. I, I like the character as it currently exists in my imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the DJ, it just, it's such a perfect small little, you know, yep. what, what would you do with a million dollars? Right. Two chicks at the same time. And <laughs> when Ron Livingston is like, you could do that now. It's like the type of chicks that double up on a guy like me and the self-awareness <laughs> of his character. It felt so honest it really, I think that helped sell me on the movie as a whole because I was tentative yeah. the first time watching it. And I was like, I don't really know a lot of these people. And I was like, oh, isn't that, isn't that dude on Mad TV? I don't really watch Mad TV. <laughs> um, you know, it felt like generic SNL yeah. at that time to me. And I never really watched Mad TV, but I, you know, I only catch clips of SNL. So it's not like right, I'm a right. watcher of SNL. Uh, so Diedrich Bader, because I think I might have had arguably the most familiarity with him although livingston was band of brothers before or after this um i think it was after i'm pretty okay. sure it's after yeah yeah yeah. i'm trying to think if i if i knew livingston before this because he seemed familiar but i did not much, know ron livingston before this yeah uh you know mcginley mm-hmm. or not john c mcginley uh um who's the dude that was on scrubs and then he was also in <laughs> Uh, platoon, and he yeah, was in John C. McGinley. Is That's it John C. Yeah, John why. C. McGinley. Yeah. Thinking that was somebody else. So good. McGinley might be the most known because Gary Cole still hadn't become Gary Cole exactly yet. Right, right. Uh, 
and Diedrich Bader I knew from Drew Carey's show. Mm-hmm. And to see him pop in, I was like, oh, okay. And I really, I don't know. He helped sell me on the movie as a whole. Yeah. And uh, character introduction was so early on. But that, the, the yeah. self-awareness of the character, it stuck out. Um, all right, so you got another one? Yeah, uh, I would throw in The Dark Knight, The Black Knight from uh, Monty Python on the Holy Grail. I know okay. it's I know it's Monty Python playing all the characters, but it's still a minor character within the scope of the movie, and that one is sure. just in, incredible, right? Because I know you remember everyone remembers like you know the constitutional peasant. That's a really funny one. Uh, the guy who's yeah. the uh, you know asking the questions in front of the bridge. Uh, that's a funny one as well. But it's this character, the, you know, he's like, oh, it's just a flesh wound and all of that and getting cut down into pieces and the limbs and the ridiculousness of it all. It just is hilarious. And so I, I, I always think of the Black Knight when I think of uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I think that's one of the the best ones that you're ever going to see. Yeah. I mean, do you have another one in the Holy Grail that you think is better than the Dark Knight or the Black well, Knight? I, I would. I think I think where the Dark Knight succeeds is because mm. he's fully covered. It yes. is an right, actual, right. as opposed to the players moving around. Yeah. Because then it's a harder, to me, I, I tried to go through Monty Python, but it's like all my favorite parts are all the actors interchanging one yeah. another. So it's all, kind of all one thing. Whereas Black Knight, I didn't think of in that, you know, like that through that prism. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, otherwise you have to say maybe the, the police constable that comes in at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. The rabbit. <laughs> but I think the Black Knight is really the only choice that I intend, like internally, would accept with myself. Yeah, yeah. Because I tried to do that and Life of Brian, and the, you know, to go through a bunch of their films because they have tons of great characters, but because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're all playing them, it's, it seems like the one long, even though they're different. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, does Tom Cruise in Topic? Tropic Thunder count, or is that still is that too big of a part? I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I, 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 I mean, he's not a main character. He's not. But he's kind. He's kind of like the main antagonist to some degree. To a degree to a degree. So I don't know. Uh, the other option is a bit of a cheat because they're big name actors. But I mean, Samuel Jackson and uh, Dwayne Johnson in the other guys, just okay. their first five minutes of the movie. That's all oh, they're yeah, in. Well, that's all there is. But they are hilarious. I mean, the action sequences that they are both sending up, considering their stars in action movies, and went on to, and they're still stars in action movies occasionally. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Them jumping off the building, mm-hmm. uh, fucking hell, that was. Hilarious. I mean, you just didn't see it coming because they had survived all this other madness. Uh, and then when they jumped off the building, I'm just like, what? And then they just landed on the asphalt. That was that. that Dude, was spoilers. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. Spoiler. For a twelve-year-old movie, oh sure, that is sure, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I know that's a bit of a cheat. But I, I, whenever I think of them, honestly, when I think of that movie, I think of them more than I even think of uh, Wahlberg and uh, and Farrell in the movie because that they're, they're so okay. memorable in the five minutes they have. Yeah. What about uh, you? The informant in Naked Gun when <laughs> Leslie's going back and forth with the money. That's one of my favorite scenes in that entire movie where, <laughs> to set the stage on the scene. It's Leslie yep. Nielsen is a cop and he's trying to get information. And the guy's like, mom, I'm getting a little hazy about that. So he gives him a $20 <laughs> bill to jog his memory. And then he gives him the information and then he gets a little hazier this time. I'm going to need a little bit more money. And then he, uh, 
ask questions to the questions that Leslie Nielsen starts, you know, so it goes back at him. Then Nielsen does it to him. I'm yeah. not sure about that. It's just the, <laughs> the switch in it is so beautifully done between the two actors. <laughs> it really is. It was great before oh. Leslie Nielsen felt that he needed to be funny when he was just playing the straight man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's when right. he was so successful. Yeah. Later on, it just became the face, the big face. And he was always going for the laugh. It's like, I, yeah. You as the straight man in the comedy, it's like this weird, it's tough to do, and you were one of the greatest, in my opinion. Yeah, like Airplane. Yeah. So the, the naked, but when he starts going to like Spy Hard and the- Yeah, the, the Dracula, Dead and Loving, or yeah, whatever it's dead called. Yeah, it, it, that's when you're like, oh, you're leaning into it now. It's yeah, much. it's too over the top. Or he's doing interviews, and he's carrying around a little fart machine thing, <laughs> those little keychain ones, as I guess he feels he needs to be funny, but none of us ever- Yeah. That's not what we think of when we think of Leslie. No, I don't think of you like that. You're not Robin Williams. Yeah, right. You were a serious actor that eventually found your, you know, a second life. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to uh, Rob Williams. That what's been, I can't believe it's been how many years? Seven years as we're recording this? Yeah, today's his birthday. Yeah, 70 years old. I think he would have been seven years old today. Is that correct? Uh, uh, yeah, 70. Yeah. July 21st. Yeah, 70. Wow. Wow. Wow heartbreaking it's been seven years that is hard to believe dude almost seven years just about a month away from seven years that is hard to believe uh anyway and robin williams has had some funny moments when he's popped up in films like in moonshazen when he's the king of the moon spinning around with his head he's very funny okay yeah he's he's popped up in some stuff doing quick little funny bits i mean nine months when he's the doctor um and then a little more hardcore with Dead Again when he's that psychiatrist working in a meat locker fa- uh, place because he had a breakdown. Yeah, the Brana Ken- uh, Emma Thompson one from the 90s. Mm. He plays a former psychiatrist who had a breakdown, and he works now in a meat locker because he doesn't want to deal with people anymore because he, okay. like, he just snapped from dealing with people. And so occasionally Brana's character uh, uh, calls on him to help him like figure out about a case. You know, and so it's it's a pretty cool little moment. But it's all he has is one little scene in that movie. So he's a he's a great guy to call on uh, for little scenes in movies for sure. But yeah, good good uh, good uh, question from Luke Allison. Thank you, Luke. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, and now all back right. to the show, right? And back to well, this week's. Um, all right, so I read that one. Go for it. Oh, okay. So uh, we doing Lemke first? Yeah. Okay, Lemke is back again. He says, uh, "What's up, man, John? I have two questions for you." What is one classic, let's say pre-1970s film, that you would like to actually see remade and one you would never want them to touch? Two, my fiancé and I are trying to figure out where to do New Year's Eve this year. It's a special day for us, and next year is when we are getting married. Yay, congratulations. Currently debating Vegas, Austin, or Toronto. Where would you most want to go, or do you have any must-travel places for the holiday? All right, Matt Nost, two questions for you to answer here first. Uh, what's one classic pre-1970 film that you would like to see remade and one you would never want to see them touch? And where should Lemke and his fiance go? Vegas, Austin, or Toronto, or someplace else? Uh, well, I haven't been to Austin or Toronto. Mm. So I don't... Of those, I hear nothing but amazing things about Toronto. Yes. Um, nothing against Austin. It's just, uh, I don't know. I've heard more stuff about Toronto. All right. Pre-1970s film actually be remade and one you would never want them to touch. Yeah. Um, 
I think that I never want them to touch. I think that's a little bit easier. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just any film from pre-1970 that still works as well today on some level as it did when it was released. Something like 12 Angry Men. Uh, yeah. I think I think that's still perfect. You don't need to touch that one. Uh, you can leave it. Um, there yeah. are others that you could update, but, I, you know. Yeah. If it's a classic, it's a classic for a reason. Now, something, though, that I think could be remade and do well, mm. that's a different question. Because say you take something like Run Silent, Run Deep. Yeah. Update, because it's a little bit slow, even by submarine movie standards. But the thing is, submarine movies never really do well. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that's something that could translate. And you could make a modern adaptation of a World War II film about, you know, U-boat warfare, submarine warfare. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that could totally work. You just get into that weird, you know, how does How Green Is My Valley get made today? I I don't know. Yeah. Or The Greatest Show on Earth? I don't think so. Right. So a lot of those would never be remade. So it's a matter of finding one that's like, it hits a lot of the different metrics. And I think you just need to update it. Uh, Because if that's the case, then they probably tried to do it already. Yeah. Um, can you think of one pre-1970? Yeah. I got a couple, actually. Um, I've always loved the Oxbow incident with Spencer Tracy. Um, for those who've okay. never seen it, he's a guy with like a gimp arm, but he's a detective and he's an old guy. This is near the end of uh, Spencer Tracy's life. And he comes into this small town. He arrives on the train and he's there to investigate a, a crime that happened in the town. And uh, everyone is like the doors are closed to this guy, but he piece by piece systematically un unwinds all the threads that kept this town together mm-hmm. and the lies that they've told in order to keep the town together. And it's phenomenal for, for films that are about like, you know, people love these murder mysteries that you see nowadays in, in TV and stuff. But this was a film, uh, a version of, of a, a kind of a murder mystery. I think it was a novel as well. But it is stellar what he's able to do here. And I would love to see okay. like an older actor, like maybe Duvall, who's still around, who's still kicking it, uh, or someone else who's a really older classic actor kind of step in and take this uh, situation and really bring some weight to it uh, and cast some really good younger actors in their in their 20s, 30s. And 40s. I think Ernest Borgnine's in this. There's a number of actors in this that are really of note at the time. Uh, and it just does a, a really great job of uh, systematically breaking down this town and discovering the horrible truth it's hiding. It's hiding. Um, another one I'd love to see remade. What was I? Ju- I was just thinking about it and I lost it. Um, oh, it's another Spencer Tracy film. Just co- consequently, Inherit the Wind, which is the, okay. Which, yeah, which is based on that court case of the Scopes Monkey trial. I think nowadays, Matt, with as politically divided as we are about even a fucking mask. To explore the idea of evolution in a court case, uh, and maybe even update it to something else, if you could find a way to make it, uh, you know, something about what we're currently battling today, one of the big, big political issues dividing us, I think that would be a way to kind of make a commentary about what's happening in our world politically, in our country politically, uh, uh, as well as making it, as well as hearkening back to the original. Right. So I think that would be very interesting. I think that's a film that doesn't quite get there. It's a good film, but it's not a great film. And it has the potential to be a great film. Uh, and okay. fantastic performances from Spencer Tracy, Gene Kelly, um, uh, Darren, the first Darren from Bewitched and uh, and Frederick March, who won an Oscar for Best Years of Our Lives. So this is uh, 
Dan, was it best? Year? He wasn't Oscar. I know he won an Oscar. I don't know if it was best year. That I don't Oscar. know. Yeah. So yeah. So those are the two that I still leave to mind. And the one you don't touch is Citizen Kane. I fucking. I've said this before. If I'm alive, I will set a studio on fire that tries to make, remake Citizen Kane. Don't fucking touch it. Wow. Leave it. You're never going to come close to what he did. Never. Even Mank was a. I like the movie, but Mank was a fucking, you know, a, a redheaded step, to use a, a, a term there, a stepchild to, to Citizen Kane. It's not even close to sure. Citizen Kane. So. Well, FBI marked the time, the 20 yeah. minute mark. Market FBI, come find me. I will I gladly think, turn myself in. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't. There is no come find. You advertise pretty willingly through your IP address where you are most yes. any given day. So I think they could find you pretty quickly. Yeah, we'll do the if show from, from your visiting hours when you come see me at the prison. <laughs> the one phone call I get, I'll call in the show. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. I, can we get video on that chat? Um, yeah, also, I do like. Yeah, also don't touch singing in the rain. Don't touch singing in the rain. Let that be as well. But I wonder if they would go back for something like Gone with the Wind. You know what I mean? Up, try and update. Oh, that. I would love to see that get remade, Matt, because I don't like that that 1939 film. So I, I would love to see it get remade. It's too fucking long. Yeah, and also she gets over the the loss of the one love of her life within seconds. Like she's crying on the stairs, then she stands up. With, I don't know. Forty five seconds later, stands up and goes, "There's always Tara." Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. Woof. I would love to see another remake of Manchurian because I think you could do better than yeah that remake, and that's that an easily updatable because you don't even have to do the you brainwash them. You did it through social media. Boom, done. Yeah. Now we don't need implants or any of that jazz. Right. It just triggered people to see how easily psychologically that you can do that. Yeah. I do love the fact that the stock market turned. And I saw someone screen capped a tweet from somebody else saying, how long do you think before the corporate over- overlords tell Fox News that, hey, all this anti-vax stuff is starting to hurt our <laughs> our pockets, which means we don't have contributions for you. So you might want to cut this shit out. Yeah. And Sean Hannity that night was like, I've always, always been yeah. a big fan of this. You know that. And you're like, all right. Uh, yeah. just But they screen capped it. And then here's a clip. Yep. You know, 16 hours later, I was like, good for that person. Yep. To yep. read the tea leaves that quickly. Well, that's so why they're turning the narrative now. You know, I know we're not a political show, but that's why they're turning that. They're blaming Biden for the people, for the reason people aren't vaccinated. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Cause he hasn't kissed Trump's ass. And it's like, fuck you, you, you guys systematically went after the vaccine and you're still yes. doing it now with uh, Rand Paul and going after Fauci. You guys know what you did. And well, now you because, don't want to take the blame. Well, so, you yeah. need to go after the, virus because the virus wasn't so bad ergo your guy isn't so bad and yeah. then you need to go after the virus because the or pardon me the vaccine because the virus isn't so bad because your guy is so bad and now you need to flip the narrative on why you've been defending this stance that is almost indefensible to me the yeah. only one that i'm willing to genuinely take into consideration is the people that are tentative because it happened so quickly and they're like i need yeah. time to process right. and that one to me is like i understand what you're saying right absolutely but the people that are trying to tell me, like, the science of, well, that methyl ethylene is, you just fucking learned that off a meme you saw on Parler <laughs> or something else. You have no idea what the yeah. fuck that is. While you're taking a poop. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, 
you're trying to give me the scientific basis to why and be like, no, I'm sorry, because you gleaned that information from somewhere that was very easy and was spoon fed to you. Absolutely. They're, they're always, you know, yeah. and Matt's correct. We're not, we're not going after people who legitimately have like concerns about There's it. Always, yeah. They're all, but like people who are just like being influenced or by like something on Facebook or an, one article they read over scientists who've been studying it for years. I mean, yeah. that's the, that's the hubris and the arrogance of that. Oh, I know you studied her for a long time, but I, from what I read, it seems like it's like, where the, where yeah. the fuck do you think you're Do your research, people. Fucking scientists. Yeah, exactly. Do your research. Uh, anyway, I don't know anything about Toronto uh, or um, what was the other place that Chris Austin mentioned? Austin and Vegas. I, yeah, I've never been to Austin or Toronto. I've been to Vegas a few times. I would never say Vegas. That's a sh- that place is a, just, trash. Yeah, and depression it, that seeps out of the walls in Vegas. Uh, but Austin or Toronto, I've heard great things about Toronto, uh, but it depends on what Canada's condition is now with the Delta variant and all that shit. Like if Canada can keep it chill – then yeah, I would say Toronto. But, it seems like a cool place. But it's also New Year's. Yeah, so, a lot of people without masks. That's true. That's and, true. But I'm just saying for weather, Vegas and Austin are going to oh, be because you're going to have the opportunity yeah. to be outside, whereas Toronto, yeah. you'd have to be indoors somewhere. Great point. Great so point. All right. between Vegas and Austin. And if you like Vegas, I get it. It's just, it's not yeah. for me. I, I, I'm burnt out after 24 hours. It's like, this place yeah. is filthy. It's <laughs> filthy. It is just everywhere you go just has this griminess to it. Uh, the glitz and the glamour is all bullshit just to get money out of uh, people to bilk them out of their fucking you yeah. know, savings yeah. by selling them a pipe dream. A thousand percent agree with you. Yeah. It's one of the few places of if ever there's uh, an area that should be fully prostitution, sex work is legal. Yeah, it should be here because the city and state are already doing everything they can to fuck you. So you might as well get a release of your own out of this. That's true. Uh, oh, it is. It, I mean, I think in general, sex work should be legal because it's work. It's the world's oldest profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if they're consenting adults and that's all they're doing, yeah. well, then who's getting harmed by this? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If if stripping is legal, how is right. this not? Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go to Vegas. I mean, if you and your lady maybe want to get into hookers, you know, maybe Vegas is the choice. I don't know. Doesn't seem your style, Lemke. You've been uh, chiming in with us for a while. Yeah, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys Have swing. You Good for you. Vegas? Yeah. Uh, you swing, as in two swing. Um. All right, we got twenty. We're twenty six minutes in. Should we do one more? or Should we wrap it up here? Up to you. Uh. It's uh. Okay. Well, the one more. Yeah. Is, is from long- Paul. Okay. And Paul usually sends really well thought out questions. Ooh, those are, that's a long one from Paul. Is it? All right. I'm going to click on yeah. it. Now. It is. All right. So let's save that one for next week. You want to move okay. on to the next? I'll mark that as unread. Yep. Yep. Do that. Um, oh, this one's long too. This one's right. a long one too from Buster. So I'm going to mark that as unread. <laughs> you pick us a small one. Pick us out a winner there, Bobby. That one's a long one. We got a lot of, there's nothing wrong with that. We're just trying to end on a quick note to give you guys yeah. as much bang for your buck as we possibly can. For your buck, this one. Okay. It's from Tim Williams. He says, okay, Good day, Matt and John. Hope you blokes are doing well, guys. We ain't here to fuck spiders. So I'll get straight <laughs> to the point. What are some of your favorite live on air bloopers? Also, oh. 
have you yourself made one on a show or at a live event? Hmm. And the reason I ask is because there was a famous on-air blunder in 1983 at the Mount Gambier races. The host, hmm. Sandy Roberts, basically like Marv Albert type, was to introduce Miss Australia uh, Leanne Dick. When they went to air, Sandy said, still with us is Miss Australia Leanne Cock, air dick. <laughs> it's more like Leanne Cock, air uh, dick. Uh, I left the 20-second video here for uh, for you guys. So if you want to click on that, we can watch that. So uh, nice. you got a favorite live on-air blunder? God, I don't know if I if I can think of one right off the bat. Um, an on-air blunder? No, do you do you do you? Does one come to your mind? Where it's blade like? There's great clips mm. where you can find like local TV reporters accidentally saying something yeah. on air, uh, but none of them are. To the degree that he's talking about, where it's the equivalent of Marv Albert saying something like that. There was um, somebody during the playoff coverage this year, uh, like a pregame show, but it wasn't one of the standard ones. I don't watch any of those. That's why I can't think of the woman's name. But she said anal and kind of glossed over it. And everybody acted like they didn't hear it and they kept moving. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was anal. So, but it was, it was in a stream of words and you could tell she kind oh. of slurred over the word. It was oh. one of those, uh, it happens sometimes you're talking and your tongue just kind of revolts. <laughs> so she's like, and then anal and then blah, 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 and just kept going. And everybody was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yep. We're going to, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think there's gotta be one. Have you ever, have you ever done one like that? Oh shit! Uh, not that I can recall. I mean, I've 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 said something, then pulled back and tried to explain it more correctly. But I never, you know, ac- I don't remember ever accidentally saying something where it was like, "Holy shit!" But I have said stuff like, "I'm sure there's clips on they've on SEN. They've clipped out certain things." Like I said, I, I you know, I want Damon's ass. I know a lot for sure, but that does that's yeah. like playful, you know. That's manipulative. That's Franken cutting. Right. <laughs> exactly right exactly yeah or franken editing so, or whatever it's called it's so like yeah it's, no yeah I you can decontextualize all kinds yeah. of stuff and suddenly it has completely different meaning <laughs> yeah so i don't recall that i've ever done a uh, done one like that i've had moments where you know yeah my brain is moving faster than the, my, my mouth can keep up so i've right. like sandwiched four words together because the thought is so already I'm on to the next thought. And so I need yeah. to get this out. And it was utter gibberish. And you have to like take a step back and be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's rewind that. Here's what I meant to say. Uh, I've had instances like that where yeah. it's just blah, 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 blah. Because you have a wealth of ideas on one specifically. Are you looking up on air yeah, bloopers? I'm kind of looking at some, but they're all just like, a, a, you know, TV anchors. I think yeah, it's, it's, really it's like rare. The ton of like, local news stuff. Yeah. It's rare when you see like, um, like, you know, Marv Albert or Bob Costas or anybody now, make an on-air blunder. Marvel just calls somebody the wrong name two or three times. There's sure. Like somebody who's not even on the team anymore, but they were three years ago. And because he's <laughs> 82 years old. Yeah. I'm I'm, gl- I'm sad to see him go. I'm glad he hung it up. Yes, true. True. It's because an era is finished. Yeah. But it was getting painful at tons of different moments. I wish JR would hang it up. Jim Ross, who calls the WWE. Calls oh, really? The, oh, God, he's so terrible now. It was bad after that last stroke, and I don't even watch it, but I would see but it's, clips. It's, it's not even the stroke. It's that he's so slow in talking about matches that he doesn't give them any life. 
he just goes and brr and brr and you're just like wait what i don't and you're just so slow it's like get get someone younger who's on top just like he was yeah uh and get them to step in there and uh, and and you know bring bring these matches to life it's one of the most negative things i see all the time it just seemed like slowly talking about a match it uh, kills the rhythm of a match completely man yeah or have him become the color guy and just come in and punctuate yeah yeah that'd be, be over the top yeah that'd be fine because yeah i don't i don't recall one yeah yeah i know they're all yeah. if you find those clips it's all like local stuff yeah 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 i don't recall any of them yeah so there you go I mean, Trump opens his mouth. It's a blunder all over the place. So I, 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 there'd be too many to to list of those. I do love the Bill Riley from when he was on Inside Edition. The fuck oh we'll do it live. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Fuck it. There's a great one with Casey Kasem, where he is like mad about the script, mm. and they caught it on. You know, they could have it. He's just like uh, these these things they want me to read. Man, it's ponderous. It's fucking ponderous. Uh, and uh, and then there's one where they're having him come out of a high, uh, uh, an upbeat song and talk about something really depressing, like the death of a person's. He's like, God damn it. They, what? I, we're not doing this here. What is wrong with you all? I'm not going to. We're talking about someone's fucking dead wife. I'm not fucking doing that. But after we come out of the fucking monkeys, and it's just like it's hilarious uh, to hear him bitch. Just like uh, Wells when he's talking about that uh, Paul Masson stuff. You know, those are my. Oh, uh, yeah, but those he's drunk bl- off his ass. Exactly. Those aren't bloopers, but those in my mind kind of qualify for. Uh, oh, that's an all timer, though. That's yeah. the best. That's the gold standard. Yeah. 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 For those. <laughs> Have you ever seen the clip where Simmons, when he was doing the uh, NBA coverage, that basically oh. it's the nail in the coffin, and that's when you knew his time was done doing those. Yeah. And it's him. Yeah. It's post-game. I can't remember what it was. <sighs> which game? Well, it was in the finals. Yeah. But he's like, oh, is it my turn to talk? It's been like 10 minutes. And uh, it's him, Doug Collins, Jalen Rose. And Doug Collins and Jalen Rose are both doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because you got to keep it stupid, lighthearted. Right. But the host, it's Storm, whatever the uh, woman. Oh, oh, was it Storm? Okay, uh, something Storm. Yeah, Hannah and, Storm. Yeah. Um, I believe, but uh, it's a, a black woman, early thirties. Oh, that's not Hannah Storm. Okay. No, Hannah Storm's the blonde girl, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, she, uh, yeah. Well, older woman. Oh, yeah, yeah, older. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Hannah Storm's a. She was an ESPN okay. mainstay. Um, I want to say yes. something Storm. Was anyway, it Sage Steel. Sage Steel. That's what okay. It is. Oh yeah, she don't play Sage Steel. And she looked straight into camera, breaks the fourth wall, just like, "Are you fucking kidding me with this again?" And apparently, like that was when the producers knew, and <laughs> it came down to it's either him or me. But I'm done dealing with this guy after the series. ESPN's got a ton of those. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. The, but, Oh, she looks dead. I'm like, oh, yeah. you can tell director producers just off camera, but I mean, she breaks the fourth wall. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me with this? She shakes her head, looks right at the camera. As yeah. if said, the producer, I'm what done. the fuck? I'm done. Yeah, what an idiot. Yeah. Jalen does. Jalen actually doesn't laugh. Collins laughs. Jalen. Oh, is it really? In my memory, Jalen also does like a. <laughs> no, he just dead stares at Bill like, fuck you, man. <laughs> I'm, well, I, I actually buddies. played. I actually been. Yeah, I know he is. That's why he's probably like. Fuck you, man. I actually played, bitch. I know it's cool that you know a lot about basketball, but oh, you have uh, no credibility in this fucking arena at all. You know. See, my guess is because Jay was still early in his tenure. His was, I'm not 
breaking face. I'm not breaking character. I'm not emoting. I'm not doing anything. I'm not yeah. a part of this. This is their fight. <laughs> this is their fight. Exactly. I'd like to keep my job. I'm not choosing a side right now. And then Doug just does yeah. the politician. But yeah. in my head, like Jalen did it as well. Sage was that was great. Sage is like, like I thought oh, awesome. I didn't care for her on it. I thought Simmons wasn't good on it. Oh no, no, no. There's very few people that I think are good in those roles. I agree with you a thousand percent, bro. A yeah. Thousand percent. It's um, yeah. Give me Ernie the Jet and Charles. And I think that those between the three of them, that's all you need. It, yep. Yep. Shaq, I don't think brings much to the table. I like Candace though. I've enjoyed Candace on the TNT coverage. Okay. Like yeah. Um, but there's all that drama with, with Nichols and I, I never was a Nichols fan anyway. So no, she's I, fine. I, wasn't, I, wasn't I, I think that by and large, most of them, uh, are fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, for sure. Grant Hill, he's, he's fine as a yeah, color. Grant Hill's fine. He's better than Chris Weber. How dare um, you? he's better than Reggie Miller. Oh God. Yes. You liked Chris Weber. Oh yeah. I loved Chris on the, on oh. the when he called games with him and Marv together. It was just a one, two <laughs> punch of suck. How dare you? I hated those games. Um, but you come from my boy. I got Reggie, nothing though. against Chris. Reggie's not. Reggie's, Reggie's like, terrible. Well, it's like listening to Schwarzenegger do a commentary on his movies. It's not good. It's just like, oh my God. He just relates the most mm. basic stuff, you know? Yeah, Reggie's not good at it. It seems like a very nice yeah. dude. I'd love to hang out sometime, but move on, man. Find something else. I have a friend who hates Mark Jackson and Gundy. He hates Van Gundy. I like Gundy. I don't like Jackson. I don't like Jackson. I like Gundy. He he like bashes Gundy. He's like, Gundy's like wrong nine times in the night. I'm like, no, he's making strong opinions. At least he's interesting. But he's, yeah, exactly. And he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. And Mark does too, but Mark's, uh, you know, hand down, man down. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, okay, that's catchphrases. He does. And then he's just, yeah. I don't know. Mama, there goes that man. Oh, come on, man. I know. It's, it's, it feels like grandpa trying to relate. <laughs> and at least when Van Gundy drops in, you know, Drake yeah. or something like that, he knows yes, exactly he what he's does. doing. He actually does. Yes. It's precisely. Whereas Mark is trying to be cool doing it, Van mm-hmm. Gundy has no illusion. And neither are cool if they do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like it wouldn't be cool if I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right, we should wrap it up here at 38 minutes. You got a bonus extra topic, but even though we're trying to go for a small question, we did. We went on for another 10 minutes. So um, thank you all so much uh, for joining us here and watching or listening to this episode of Topic Thunder. We appreciate it. And thank you for being patrons of the Top 10 Show for sure. Right, Matt? Damn straight. And you can uh, support the show over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. So uh, please head over there and join us. Um, we'd love to have you and we are thankful to every patron that supports us it this year and a half has been brutal and the fact that you guys have maintained the whole time with us it's meant the world too so thank you from the bottom of our hearts and we hope you enjoyed today's show please follow me at matt nost for everything that i'm doing and that is it for me this week yeah follow me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of topic thunder, thunder.